Welcome to the 232 Podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Carl. This podcast is about books, reading, and the meaning of life. Today, we unpack another book because you know what they say. Too many books. Too little time. We just sell small rectangular objects. They're called books. I've never heard of crocodile crossing in Well, they conceal information like that in books. Well, it's about time you got your head out of those books and paid attention to more important things. Welcome to episode six. Six. We should start with a big New Zealand accent. Six. (laughs) Very good. And everyone around the world will go, what? What? The number. Episode Ah. six? (laughs) Well, some of the books that we just heard you were being sent before. Anyway, um, we digress. Episode six, 4,000 weeks. Oh my God. It's it's going to be a number episode. And it's 4,000 weeks, time management for mortals. Um, by Oliver Berkman or Ollie, we'll call him Ollie. Oh, yeah, we, to keep yeah, it. Yeah. I'm sure. We know, we I'm know sure Ollie. he hates that. Yeah. Um, a little bit on Ollie. Well, first of all, this book came out in 2021, so this is fresh. It is fresh. It is fresh, and but it's still um, warm. Yeah. When you pick it up at the bookshop. So um, I, we'll get to this, but the great thing. So Oliver Berkman is an English journalist who lives in New York, mm. and he used to write for the Guardian. In fact, and he had a column called "This Column Will Change Your Life." And it was, it was no big ass there. And it was honestly, it was obligatory reading. It was one of the best things I read every week for the years he was doing it. So, when did you pick up on it? Uh, well, um, oh, I think five years ago, something like that. Yeah, because he, yeah, he did yeah. it between 2006 yeah, he's, he, and 2020. Well, I came to it late and he'd already written books. So, he's written a couple of books. Mm. Um, so, this will tell you all you need to know about Berkman. Um, I mean, he's written a book about uh, what's cool. wrong with the self help movement. It's yes. called Two Different Things in Different Markets. What's the... Um, so there's yeah. so the first book, 2011, yeah. Help, How to Become Slightly Happier and Get a Bit More Done. Yes. And in the second book, The Antidote, Happiness for People Who Can't Stand Positive Thinking. That's right. Well, that, that, so that second one had a different name in, a, in, yes. in English and American markets. But you can see by both of those, he's a bit of a, a curmudgeon in the best possible way. Like, I love that that notion of how to get a little bit more done and be a little bit happier. Yeah. Uh, and do you yeah. um, Do you have a favourite column? Uh, ooh, no, I have. I don't have a favourite column. It was but there obviously is, entertaining you for a while. Yeah, but the one about everybody was absolutely winging it is the one that I send to most people. Ah. So there's um the the one about um uh the the it's essentially about imposter phenomenon. Mm. Um, mm. but it doesn't matter. I mean, Google this column will change your life. Yeah, and um, and the one I was I was yeah. playing around because I was like, I wonder what he wrote about, yeah. and and I was absolutely taken by a column he wrote on iced coffee as a beverage. This yes, is this just yes. shows him. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and and he said that iced coffee as a beverage lacks focus because it's <laughs> attempting to multitask. <laughs> That's brilliant. But but those earlier books though, which are about self help. Really, are a, are a, a really strong indicator of what he does mm. in four thousand weeks, right? Because four thousand weeks time management for mortals. You think it's going to be about time management, but it's not really. It's kind of a critique of time management, mm. and in fact, much more than that. I mean, yeah, it's um, great. And and as someone, as some reviewer wrote from Nietzsche to Rod Stewart and train sets. That's, <laughs> that's not bad. That's but pretty much. I yeah. think though, in the um, 
I don't know if this is how he describes himself now, but he used to call himself a recovering productivity addict. I think he's, he says that in the book. Does he really? He right? does. Yeah, which mm. is which is. And, and so, so yeah. we've. Yeah. I think. Have you been there? Yes, of course. We all have, right? It's yeah. Like finding ways. I mean, as he said, find ways to be a few percent better. You know? Yeah, yeah. And and I think, um, yeah, I've certainly. I mean, you've read books like Getting Things Done and, and Atomic all those Habits, and we love all that Atomic stuff, Habits. Right? Yeah. yeah. We, we we should talk about why it's called Four Thousand yeah. Weeks. Yeah. Any guesses? No, oh. you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll think so. Right. Well, four thousand weeks is the average your average life expectancy if you live to eighty. You've got four thousand weeks in your life, mm. right? So mm. that's- the math's not one hundred percent right, but it's it's not far yeah. off. But, so yeah. What is going? I'm sure you do the math. Tell us. Oh no, it's a little bit more than four thousand. <laughs> right. But right. your first yeah. your first to be fair, your, your first, first weeks few- are probably not very productive. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and the point being, right? Yeah. Um, if you're young. If you're young and you're listening to this, 4,000 weeks sounds like a really big number. Hmm. But if you're in your midlife, 4,000 weeks makes it sound pretty bloody short. Hmm. Um, and he uh, asked his yeah. friends, didn't he? he uh, in, in the book, it's quite yes, comical yeah, in the first yeah, chapter. Yeah, he talks yeah. about um, yeah. asking... You know, asking his friends about how how long, how many lives, how many weeks do you think uh, average life is? Yes, yeah, and someone said one hundred and thirty six thousand yeah. or something like it's that. Like unbelievable. Went, ah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the point is right. The the point he makes is there will come a time in your life when it will become abundantly clear how short your life is. Yeah, it's the the it's finite, isn't yeah. it? Finitude. He says, yeah. You know, we we are a limited amount of time. Yes, yeah. and and so yeah. this is this is really all anchored on this principle of we're not around. Absolutely. For a long time. And so the link to productivity is you will never, you will never have time to do everything you want to do. You're never going to get it all done, right? Mm. Like it's almost like he's had this Damascene or Zen-like transformation between leaving The Guardian and writing the book. And having a child, Uh, I think, which is one of those moments in life that yeah. is quite profound and quite limiting, isn't yeah. it? Well, it's that realisation, isn't it? So Yeah, yeah. but, but, but I, I made this note, right? There will always be more to do. Yes. <laughs> and embracing that, embracing that is the key to a full, fulfilling life. Mm. Like if you think you can get it all done and then you can start living. Yeah, that's and, the, and, that's and I, I think that's one of those, the most yeah. powerful yeah. principles in the book. So, yeah. so he talks about... Time is the stuff that used to be that life was made of. Yep. And then it became a thing that you used. Yes. And, and something changed. And, yes. and, and the history oh, of that. Capitalism changed. Capitalism changed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's the yeah. peasants and, yeah. and that kind of yeah. thing. But he, um, but the, the fact that we've only got a limited amount of time and that we can only do certain things yep. is the whole point. Because we're actually choosing to do something. Yes. And yes. like you say, yeah. there's a million other things well, that we could do. that's one of the great things in the book. You know, he talks about FOMO, fear of missing out. Mm. He said, fear of missing out is only fearful until you realize it's inevitable. Because mm. whenever you choose something, there are other things you're not doing. In fact, this is really interesting. The, um, the, the sociological research shows quite clearly from time use studies that people are no busier in the 2020s than they were in the 1980s. And he talks about having five hours of leisure time yes, a day. But people feel like they have less mm. because there's so many more options they could be doing. Mm. So mm. that even that kind of broader cognitive space is being, is putting pressure on you. Mm. Um, I really like the point he makes. Um, you know, that productivity is a trap because there's much more to life than being productive. Mm. And, and you know, we've started to think about being productive in almost every sense of our lives. And this is a time, yeah, that's right. And so this is working on the basis that time is a thing that we mm-hmm. use. Mm-hmm. So can we use it better and do more things? Yeah. Which is a crazy 
uh, crazy because he basically says it's self-defeating. The yeah. more time we have, the more we try to do. Yes. And then yeah. we just get Absolutely. caught in this impossible. Totally. But totally. to your point, yeah. it is also spilled out into Everything. leisure time. Yep. And yep. so we look at leisure time as a lost opportunity of being able to do something that makes something else better or right, whatever. And right. So, you, so you, it's, it, the, it's, that, it's that kind of task-focused mm. notion of productivity that's taken over our whole lives, mm. right, including our non-working lives. You know, I've got to get through these tasks before I can do something else. He um, he asks a question or, or, or he raises the point that, you know, the, the way to kind of a way to a more fulfilling life is how can we recognize, how can we rethink time to recognize our mortality, mm. you know, mm. and I love that. It's pretty you know? profound but, but stuff, no, it's but not. It's, it's not. not. It's not, right? You know, yeah. how we spend our days is how we spend our lives. Mm. It's as simple mm. as that. Mm. You know, how we spend our days is how we spend our lives. So let's choose more carefully. Mm. And that's the point. Every decision you make requires a sacrifice of mm. something. So us sitting here doing this right now, we could be doing something else. Yeah, and definitely. the capitalism part is when the hourly rate comes yes, in and yes, the billable yes, units yes, is yeah, yeah. that every hour now and has a dollar value. Oh my God. So I could be working and yeah. earning X dollars. Yeah. But think about that though, right? If you were mm. charging, let's say you had to record every six minutes and your daughter comes in and wants to talk to you about something, mm. you know, there might be part of your brain that instead of inhabiting that moment that you'll never get back, mm. you know, is thinking this is costing, you know, X dollars mm. or whatever. That's utterly the wrong way to be thinking about it. It's this. crazy. It's utterly crazy. And, and yeah. I think if you ask most people, they would say it's crazy, yet yes. flip into that yeah. mode of behavior. But we know this, right? Think about the work we do on impact, mm. right? Social sector mm. impact. There's always somebody that want to, wants to monetize impact. Mm. You think about an organization that's doing good, you know, somebody always wants to know what's the return what's on that investment. Return? What's How do we mm. monetize it? Mm. Which is... It keeps coming back to that stuff, isn't it? It just yeah. keeps coming back to that stuff. So but, yeah. looping back to the daughter thing. Yeah. Um, one of the greatest examples of people who don't have the same concept of time, which is what he argues what was it was it was it, it was it's like in the old days was children. is children absolutely and he says yeah. anyone who's had young children yep. and tried to get them out the door yeah re- recognize that they <laughs> do not give a damn about the clock yeah. <laughs> there yeah. is no six minute yeah. unit yeah. and yeah. and an hour doesn't mean anything and yeah. and life is just life and he, he kind of argues that that's the way we should be well you know, of course and you know the things. great thing about doing this podcast in New Zealand is of course we've got Maori and iwi notions mm. of time which that's are right. you know and the future and the past because um if you think again through a western psychological lens the the one of the problems we all have is we're always time traveling you know, mm. so the whole Zen focus and, and to many, many extents a Maori focus is about fully inhabiting this present moment, present moment. right? Mm. But we're always time traveling to mm. what are we going to do in the future and what did we get wrong in the mm. past? Mm. And actually fully occupying this moment is the, is the key to our sanity. And it's mm. everything is structured against being able to do it. Mm. Mm. So, the, <laughs> and, and he does talk about some of those things. Yeah. So the modern world is about hijacking your attention. Yes. There's a great oh, yeah. line. Yeah talking about people are paid to keep you on their app, mm. which is which is so true when you well, think about it. Worse than that, mm. the, the best minds in the world are working for the organizations that keep you on that app or get you to click away. Mm. You think about, you know, whoever whoever's the modern-day Leonardo da Vinci or Michelangelo, they're working for Google or Apple, mm. and they're looking to get get and keep your attention. Mm. Which is monetizing it, isn't it? Which so, is outrageous. Yeah. But, but, but I, I just... The notion of that time traveling thing, you know, about yeah. 
um, flying to the future or flying to the past and not inhabiting. And that's a very human brain thing, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Well, it's a very Western yes. brain thing. Yeah. And there's lots of research that shows that's the root of all our anxiety. Mm. Something's got, mm. I, I didn't do something. Yes. I didn't do something. The regrets. Yeah, the regrets yeah. or fears. Or, or yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Absolutely. And and he, he talks about that, doesn't he? He talks about getting to the root cause of why, why are you... Yeah. Like what, yeah. what's underneath those things? And that's why is... distractions are so appealing to us, mm. right? That goes back to your point about distractions. They're appealing because they help us. Um, they, give us the excuse, they give us an excuse not to focus on the moment or not to focus on a single task. Mm. Or not to deal with the thing that's Absolutely. causing you yeah. that anxiety. Yeah. Well, if you think so, about it, though, and that's mm. great. So you could use the distractions as a lead indicator. Like mm. if you find yourself mm. being distracted, that's a really powerful indicator. That's right. That you're not. So your daughter in the, walking in the yeah. room and you're not paying attention yeah. is an is an indicator. Absolutely. That something else is going. Yeah. On, right? Where's your priority? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And where? Yeah, yeah. Where is your brain? Yeah. yeah. Books. Books. I need my books. You know, there's so there's so much profound stuff, and I I think. Uh, you know, philosophers would love yeah. some of this stuff. And yeah. he does lean on, you know, again, like stand on the shoulder of giants in terms well, of Well, he leans on Heidegger, doesn't he? He's a, he's a, I mean, he, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's a Heidegger fan without a doubt. But, um, yeah. you know, like picking up on the the later thing, I think that was the most profound thing for me is <coughs> right. the, the when I finally mindset. He yes. talks about the, yes. when I retire, yeah. you know, that you yeah. think about it, yeah. it manifests so many times. Yeah. When I finally yeah. don't have to work anymore. When I've earned the right or when to, I've yeah. yeah, or when I've got a million dollars or when I... 15, when I lose five kilos. Yeah. Yeah, it's always... When I finally... Yeah, yeah. And, and this is... And, and that is all yeah. just a constructed thing in your head planning is just yeah a- i mean and, and lots of people talk about this we're in such a hurry to get to the next moment that we forget to enjoy the present moment mm. yeah, I, I think that's profound and plans but, plans yeah. are just plans plans are just plans the thing about heidegger is really interesting because he's the one who basically oh well he, he isn't the only person to say this but but he wrote a great deal about you know the limited amount of time that we have in life isn't a problem to be addressed but is actually the defining quality of life mm. you know the thing you think is the problem you're trying to address is it's itself the, the fundamental thing, thing about it mm. uh, just and now you can see why yeah. that's you know like just, that is yeah. the origin of this yeah. of this book so so the idea that you can do more to do more yeah is and then the fact that we fragment our attention so yes. we try and do too many things yeah. and he's he's just like cull it back yeah. simplify it down and concentrate on the I mean we'll get to this we'll get we'll get onto this in a minute I mean the irony of the book I think for me and clearly this is under pressure from his publishers I mean the book hilariously is a critique of productivity but then it ends with 10 tips kind of 10 sort of tips (laughs) but we'll come to the 10 tips later because I thought some of them were yeah I agree and I think and I'm pretty sure they're um they're ones that his his, um publisher insisted on because they they're not really the kind of tips you expect right um, no, they, they, but they do link to the book. But, yeah. Um, so the there's there's a bit about societal norms. Yep. And there was some fascinating research, wasn't there? Talking about Sweden, good old Sweden, always the source of yeah. great research, yeah. saying that the whole country is happier when there's a public holiday, mm-hmm. including the people who don't even work. Yes. And then they've also yeah. replicated the studies yeah. where people who are unemployed mm. are happier on the weekends. Yeah. And it and it's that whole, it's linked to the when I finally yeah. mindset, but 
he 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 cuts cuts him <laughs> sway through the 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 nomad the digital nomad yes yes yeah the, these people who manage to free up their lives yeah. and or get get so filthy rich they don't have to work yeah. first fact is most of them end up working because they think they need to get somewhere else absolutely but the ones that go oh now I've got all this time you've got to have someone to share it with absolutely <laughs> so, and, and, yeah, yeah yeah I guess well I mean and, and there's that great question in the book isn't there where he says Imagine this is the last week of your life. Mm. Like, how would you mm. actually spend it? And and even if you just do that thought experiment, that's kind of tell you about exactly kind of the underlying values and the things that are really, really important mm. to you. It's quite cutting, isn't yeah, it? So why aren't you doing more? And we've of that? heard that. I, I've heard that said yeah. so many times. Mm. But I think this this book, what makes this a really great yeah. book, is it puts it so profoundly yeah. as a real core thing that you you can't walk away from it and think about it. And the thing mm. about Berkman, right? And this book, this book is basically about making choices and being comfortable with choices mm. because you're never going to have it all, right? Mm. He says a finite life uh, means uh, a finite life, even the best one you could ever imagine, is a matter of ceaselessly waving goodbye to possibility. Mm. I mean, it's a beautiful sentence, but itself is profound, right? Mm. Mm. And, uh, and yeah. he talks about the the idea that get rid of the middling stuff. Yes. The, yeah. the things that are... N- you build a long list of yeah. things that you want to do that in reality you never get round to doing. Well, two things here, right? So we've talked mm. about Eisenhower Matrix, the Eisenhower Matrix before, really cool way of thinking about things you should stop doing. And somebody, and I don't know who this is, one of those management consultants, um, said you should start every year with a list of 20 things you want to do that year mm. and you should delete everything after the first five. Mm. So you just mm. focus on the core things. How can you read this? There's no pictures. Well, some people use their imagination. The other thing that I really liked about uh, Berkman's book, and it took me a while to get my head around this, was he says, nobody in the history of humanity has ever achieved work-life balance. Mm -hmm. You know, like, and I love that idea that, you you know, you have a life. You know, you don't have work and a life Mm. to balance them. Mm. I I think for me that that became something a few years ago I realised that, is that, you know, this, this distinction is very bizarre. It's very it's, It is just life. <laughs> yes. And and, yeah. and the decisions that you're making, and this comes back to that real fundamental thing, is like, do you spend your whole life at work and not with your kids yeah. or something yeah. like that? You know, yeah. brutal honesty yes. that came to roost on a lot of families Absolutely. in lockdown. Absolutely. All of a sudden, oh, yeah. who's that guy? He's never been around before yeah. or whatever. But but they, these are all choices. And there isn't, and and you've got to manage it. Yes. It's a it's a dynamic situation. Yeah, and, look, and to be fair, a yeah. lot of the a lot of the pressure of those choices is, is systemic and structural, right? And mm. you know, actually responding to those and opting out can be extraordinarily difficult. Mm. But the point is, if you opt in or opt out, you still only got yeah. four thousand weeks, <laughs> give or take, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the clock's ticking, yeah. Billy. Yeah. yeah. Um. He he talks about books. We need to talk about books because yes. um. Yeah. He he talks about. Um, impatience and how we're expecting like life we're, we're very impatient we expect things to go fast because they go fast in lots of areas of our life yeah but he says life impatience is like when you pick up a book people complain they have no time to read but reading operates according to its own schedule uh, yes and and yeah, this is yeah. that whole like if you set out and i know we've talked about how many books you read a week or whatever yeah. if you set out to read a book a week you don't know if it's going to take a week. Absolutely. You just got to get into the book. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah and you don't yeah, know yeah. what's going to happen. Absolutely. And you've yeah. got choices. Yeah. Like you've got choices yeah. whether you pick yeah. up that book more often than yeah. not or whatever. But a good book is something that where time is lost. Without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. And we talked about this about writing. You know, the, the, the mm. discipline and the habit is to set aside 
you know, write whatever, 300 words a day. And some days those 300 words, will you'll dip into those 300 words and it'll be a couple of thousand. Mm. And other days every word will feel like But he would argue yeah. that for writing you should say, I'm going to write for an hour a yes, day. Yes, 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 you're right. That's that, I mean, Because yes, then yeah. it creates yeah. no, you're the yearning right. to do more, like the 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 – the atomic yeah. habits thing we work out for I just work out for ten minutes. Mm. I love that. Mm. I love that notion. You and that's right. that finite. Yeah. Just read for ten minutes. I mean, how can you not find ten or fifteen minutes in a day to read for God's sake? <laughs> Is that, <listen. laughs> I hope you're all listening. To this. <laughs> right. So um, let's right. talk. Let's talk about his tips because yes, hilariously, given it's supposed to be about time management, the tips don't have much to do with time management. No, although yeah. they do loop yeah. back. What what? I, there were two that jumped out for me. Yeah. The fixed volume approach. I love I love the closed to do list. Yes, I think it's a brilliant idea. Yeah, so, I've, always so, lo- I've always loved a not uh, a, a to do and a not to do list. And interestingly, yeah. it's it's a real core part of lean agile that type right. of approach, right. which is basically you only have a certain amount of time. Yeah, and therefore you should only have a very fine. You should have a finite list of things that are on the go. Yeah, and you can't add one. Until you you take one away. I love that idea. And I thought it was great because if you say, I'm going to fly to the moon, that's going to occupy (laughs) your list, one of your slots. And he's basically saying, you know, three slots, five slots. I've just started playing around with it. And it's it's quite an interesting, powerful thing because it makes you think about what can I get done? So chunking something back. And then it's one in, one out. And one big project at a time. Mm. You know, that's the, uh, that, that serialized, serialized, serialized. Mm. One big project at a time. Yeah, one for yeah. work, one for yeah. home. Yeah. Um, and then the, the, the third tip, which is another one I think really jumped out, which is desire, decide in advance what to fail at. And, and I've read this in other yes. people's yeah. talking about seasons. Yeah. And, yeah. and in some respect, taking an approach to your life like the seasons where you go, I'm coming into winter, yeah. I'm probably not going to want to exercise as much as I do in summer. Therefore, I'm going to give myself a bit of slack to yeah. to do something different yeah. and spend more time concentrating on something else. So kind of going, do you know what? It's okay to go. Yeah. I'm not going to be the hardworking, <laughs> crazy employee yeah. at this yeah. point in time yeah. because yeah. I'm trying to do something yeah. else over here. And, and the tip that sits alongside that beautifully is – Make sure you focus on what you've completed as well as mm. what you've got left to do. So, you know, we've talked about this before. You, one of the, the cognitive biases that runs in your brain is called the um, van, I can't remember, uh, it begins with a rest off. It doesn't matter. There's an ef- effect where your brain focuses on unfinished tasks, mm. not complete ones. Mm. And so if, if you don't make yourself focus on all the things you've done, all you're going to see is the things you've got left to do and you'll ruminate, right? Mm. Go around mm. and around in circles. And then, and then, you know, like brutally, is that list important? Yeah. 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 In the end, yeah. who knows? Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so great. So we've hold on. No, the one Ooh. thing, the one we have to add, the one because the tip I love is practice doing <laughs> oh, just nothing. <laughs> and it's funny because in the work we're doing with critical thinking, mm. um, we we talk all the time about essentially getting phones out of people's lives so they can be bored, so that they can empty up, uh, open a space for for thinking. Mm. And the, the the tip we give them is. Um, think about those times in your life where you know you'll be bored, when you're queuing up, when you're doing, you, you've got nothing to do but wait. Mm. Take one of those times and leave it open to think about some important questions in mm. your life rather than reach for your phone and looking at Instagram. Yeah. Because the world's right there through your phone, right? Don't do it all the time because it's attention. too hard. Mm. But you have to practice doing oh, nothing. It's incredible. Yeah. You know, and it, you know, 
this yeah. isn't about meditation. This is about just being yeah. alone with your thoughts. So I've just been traveling and, and I was playing around with that concept. The idea that like we were at the zoo. Yes. And I said to the girls, you go, yeah. you go do your thing. I'm just going to sit and watch the animals. Wow. Great. And it was great. Yeah. And, and there's, a, there's a challenge. Yeah. He talks about the three-hour art challenge yes. in the book where you yes. sit and look yes. at a painting yes. for three hours. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh but my I, God. I, yeah. I must yeah. admit, I started to have that yeah. that experience of when you, you, you're looking at a real scene, yep. you're there, you're present, and then all of a sudden you start seeing things you didn't Absolutely. see before. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I was noticing different birds yes. and yeah. sounds yeah. and yeah. what the animals were doing. And, yeah. and it's very... Bizarre, but again, because it's rare. Start with ten minutes. Mm. Sit, go and sit or in a park. Minutes. Yeah, go and mm. absolutely. But mm. practice being, practice doing nothing, mm. and um, that's presence, isn't yeah. it? Mm. So, and you know, and the great thing is, if you think about the way meditation's taught, you know, you'll have thoughts. Yeah, race into distractions. Your, are just fine. watch them come and go. Yeah, watch the cars going past. Absolutely, and don't sit there thinking I'm terrible at this because everybody's terrible at it. Yeah, to start we're with. all distracted. Yeah. It's very easy to be distracted. I'm sure no, lots I love of people. It. Yeah, I love that. People say I'm deeply distracted all the time. But Practice doing nothing. I think yeah. it's fantastic. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Did I just see you smell that book? We got to rate it. Well, <laughs> I I have to admit yeah. I have found myself recommending this book to a lot of people yeah. because of this rat race that we're in, yes. and and I think it's a really powerful book for people to go. Oh, yeah, it's enough. I, I was enough thinking, is okay. I was thinking you know? about this after our last podcast, right? Mm. Um, you know, um, the tendency is going to be to score these books high. But you know what? The reason we're talking about these books is because we love most of them and we're going to score them high. So what? you know what? I'm giving it a 10. Screw, yeah. screw it. It gets screw a 10. It. <laughs> <laughs> Three 10s. No, it's another 10. <laughs> it's it is another a t- 10. It is a 10. But yeah. um, we talked about this too. Readability. Yes. It's a great book. It gets across some pretty powerful, yes. challenging thoughts. Yeah. It runs countercurrent, and but it does it in a very. And he's his, an entertaining guy. Right? Oh, yeah. his his style of writing, <laughs> and the little humor drops yeah. and all that is very. Great, he's very so. English, even though he he's, he lives in New York. He's oh very no, English. he's English. He <laughs> <laughs> no, totally. This one is totally recommended. <laughs> totally, yeah. totally. All right, so another ten. <laughs> Jeez. We should rename the podcast Books That Scored Books 10. Books That Scored 10. All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Carl. It's been great. Thank you for listening to the 232 podcast. We'll be back soon with another book, unpacked, distilled, and unhinged. But until then, stop, stop read, and, and repeat. repeat. <laughs>